Rich Tooncarch is back at Thruxton for the first of two rounds there this year and Formula 1 returns to Monaco for the most glamorous event of the calendar. A race that we all love and was hugely entertaining. Thumbs up for it all. <laughs> Joined as always by Tom and by Nick. Hello. Hey. What did you enjoy more, Tooncarch or Monaco? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that an actual question? <laughs> Touring cars. Touring cars. <laughs> yeah. Monaco for Monaco I thought was a good a good one. Yeah, like Spain was good for Spain. Yeah. It's all relative, these things. Mm-hmm. So, we'll start off with the touring cars then, since we enjoyed it more than anyone, anything else. So, qualifying. Tom, you're running through it. Well, yeah, it was Josh Cook on pole position. Uh, a scant 700th of a second uh, ahead of... Jake Hill, uh, with Dan Kamish just a fraction behind in third. A good performance for him. Turkington fourth, Sutton fifth. So it's a lot of BMWs and Fords in the top half, with another Honda, Dan Robottom, the top Honda in sixth, ahead of Jason Plato, good result in seventh, championship leader Ingram in eighth. And I would say that was the first pole position for the new M Sport Toker engine, and the third pole position of Josh Cook's career. Kenny Froxton, what do you expect? Yeah. Ah. Oh. I've said this last time, but you did call it and I said Robottom, so well done. (laughs) But King of Thruxton is not a good name. We've already got King of Croft. And King of Croft, even though there's a K and a C, it has almost an alliteration to it. But the King of Thruxton, I don't know. I haven't thought of a better one yet, so maybe by the end of this episode I might do. Chances are probably not. (laughs) No. So, race one then, Cook got away well, but Hill managed to get round outside to turn one for a lead, but then Cook dove up the inside, well, dove to the outside actually, around the first mm. part of the complex, and thought Hill was pretty pretty easy on him there. Where he tried to go around the, the outside the first part, but Cook managed to get through and take the lead back. It's a move that we saw many times throughout this weekend, it turns out, which, mm. for BTCC nerds, is known as the Swedish Shuffle. Because Ricard Rydell pioneered this move, or was rather the first one to be called out for doing it. The outside of turn one is inside for turn two, and it's not even turn one or turn two, well, but the first part of the complex. Let's say. Actually, I do believe the Swedish shuffle is from two to three. Right, isn't That's that what, what he happened. did? No, didn't he go around the outside of one? Yeah, and then claimed the inside for two. Whereas Ooh. what Rydell used to do was go around the outside of two, so as he could claim Cop. the inside of Seagrave. Really well. Yeah. We're gonna have to, brilliant. <laughs> no, no. If if that's it, smashing. What I'm gonna look out for now. Ah, so in that case, someone else did it once. Yes. <laughs> so the outside of Com- Campbell in, in the inside mm. of Cobb was used many times, and that's what we did at the start. I have to say, Swedish Shuffle was on my Thruxton bingo card. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the commentator <laughs> said it, but someone definitely said that's a Ricard Rydell move. Yes. So I, I gave it half for my bingo. <laughs> <laughs> was it an alcoholic bingo or was this a tick sheet? No, no, I was just was curious if they, they would say all the things I thought they did. Ah. How, how far did you get? Uh, well, they said King of Thruxton. Yeah. They called Josh Cook Cookie. Yeah. There were some punches. Yeah. Um, they did state that it's the UK's fastest circuit. Mm-hmm. Every and time. And there was quite a big off on the way into or out of church. But the one that they didn't turn up was a ride height disqualification. Ah! So you got everything apart from that. Yep. Almost a full house. Yeah. So all the ingredients you need for a BTCC weekend. <laughs> yeah. 
Dan Camish got a really poor start and then mm. got passed by Sutton and Turkington and then <laughs> then his weekend completely falls apart. Yeah. There's then five cars on the fast section after the complex, which is not a straight, but I'm going to call it a straight because mm. <laughs> I don't know any of the corner names through there. But there's five cars scoring for position and then it ends up with contact between Camish and Robottom, which sends Dan way across the grass um, pretty much ending his weekend and Ingram got caught up in that as well and had to pit because they radiator on his grass and his radiator not radiator on his grass <laughs> grass and his radiator it's a disaster for Camish because that was his first decent qualifying of the year really. Yeah. do you think that was uh, worthy of a penalty? Mm. <laughs> it's a tricky one isn't it? not really I don't think there was just so many cars together could have backed um, out of it could have yeah. backed out of it Ultimately, someone's race has been ruined, or two people's races have been ruined. But True. it's a, it's kind of a racing incident. I think at the very least, some sort of reprimand, you know, penalty points or something. But I don't think that it was even dished out. So, um, yeah, interesting one. I did read in this week's auto spot, Camish was, uh, let's say, not not pleased. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> something you know, you you shouldn't be sticking your nose down at Noble because you can easily cause two hundred grand's worth of damage. Uh, yes, but it's a, it's a hard one to call, I think. I, I agree. Yeah. Now, Camish didn't recover from that for the rest of the weekend, which, interestingly, we saw at Donington not confident enough, perhaps, uh, to work through the pack. Clearly very quick mm. on his own at the minute, just going through the pack doesn't seem to be working out quite well at the minute. Yeah, it's true. I don't wonder why. Yeah, I'm not sure why either. Uh, and it doesn't help that half you know you don't see him during the rest of the races to then make a judgment. Yeah, that's also true. You just saw that he was stuck just outside the points for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So terrible weekend in the end. Mm. Awful. Uh, Anna Morgan then got his elbows out with Jelen Butcher, and he managed to get up to ten after a decent start. He was a bit punchy this weekend, Morgan, I thought. There's a few battles with him, and then Butcher's always involved in some sort of fight. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. <laughs> does seem to be. Butcher is always there. And Jake Hill. Butcher and Hill are like, oh, they're always like exuberant and mm. almost got like this energy that makes them sometimes make some wild moves. But you mentioned Stephen Jelly there. He just turns in on everybody at the minute. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that noted for a later race. He had a terrible weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, I know, well, yeah, we'll come to it in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have Ollie Jackson and Dan Camish both in the pits. Um, Tom Ingram also has to pit. Jane Edwards then pulls off with a problem. Again, don't know what happened. Do you guys know what her issue was? No, I didn't. I saw her putting off, but I didn't see what it was. No, no. it'd be nice. I don't know if there's an interview somewhere where she explains that, but I have not seen one. Google didn't bring anything up for me, so no, no. Robottom then launches one up the inside of Sutton in the final part of the complex, but Ash manages to get past through into Goodwood and also was calling Turkington to get up the inside of the Honda going into church. So, is this the Swedish shuffle? shuffle? Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, coming out of Seagrave, it gets so, it yes. Dies. Yeah, coming out of Cobb, mm. Robottom gets down the inside of Seagrave. 
So yes, yes big that, day. That is. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it was, I uh, thought it was amazing. It, it didn't make it. So. No, I know. <laughs> ah, but this, this is a key, key move in the history of the British Touring Guard Championship, I thought. Because it makes this amazing move, and then you can see Ash Sutton on the hybrid with the blue light just powers yeah. them past to Noble. And then Turkington uses the hybrid to get past him into church. So, mm. ordinarily, I think that move is done. But... Mm. Maybe he didn't use it to defend, I'm not sure. But certainly, I, I felt like without the hybrid assistance, Sutton wouldn't be on the outside of Noble. And obviously, he had to have the guts to go around the outside and pull it off, but still. Yeah, I, I do agree to a, a agree to a degree. That sounds weird. But um, I also think that Robot and Winning there is so shallow on the angle that he just didn't have the speed coming out. But the hybrid definitely helped a lot. Hmm. Yeah, the, yes. the cut back underneath there seemed to be real powerful all weekend. And it might be, as mm. you say, Tom, people had to learn to use a hybrid on the exit there. Because I'm pretty sure a robot in most positions later trying to say move on someone else. Like, going up yeah. the there didn't seem to work that often. But I think there was in the later races he tried to make a move and lost positions as well. It might have been the third race. Didn't he lose position to Sutton? Anyway. We'll get there. Yeah. Adam Morgan then finally got past Stephen Jelly at the complex, relatively clean. Mm. But the only clean find Jelly was involved in that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Not always his fault. I'll stress that now. No, yeah, yeah, true, but true. It was mm-hmm. it was horrific that weekend for him. He's just clearly very quick on his own, like what we're saying about Kamish, but just he he either gets involved in an instant that's not his own making or chops across someone's nose. Where it's perhaps deemed as a racing incident, but I'm not too sure myself. Mm. Just as yeah. a history of uh, lack of awareness, I think. One to keep an eye on. I don't want to lambast someone too hard, but no. So far uh, this season, so far this season, just just keep your eyes peeled for for Jelly. Jelly watch. Jelly watch. I've got so many watches. Always having a wobble. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Jake. <laughs> End the race, Jake Hill then puts a little bit of pressure on Josh Cook but just doesn't seem to have the tires left to really properly challenge him. Josh has it covered and takes the win. The king. The king is back. The king. You're not a fan of that. It's got to be a word on, with T that's like. The, anyway. The, yeah. The trifle of think of four letter words. The, yeah. titan, the titan of Fruxton. The titan. Thruxton's Titan or Titan of Thruxton. That's better. That's better. Anyway, uh, I don't know if you noticed, and I could have been looking too close at this, but I feel like, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's so quick around here. And I feel like his line through Goodwood is the secret sauce, which is, you have to go through Campbell, Cobb and Seagrave, the complex. Then there's the fast left through Noble, where um, mm. Robot and punted, uh, allegedly, Camish uh, off. <laughs> then the next corner is a fast right-hander. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, Hill was slowly closing, closing. It was they were clearly just measuring their approach there in this race. With Cook still ahead, and it gets to where Hill's very close, and so Cook then cuts two wheels over the inside of the grass on the entry or mid corner at Goodwood. Mm. And there's a little bit of there's like a curb, some grass, and a little bit of asphalt as well. He like ditch hooks it round, and just that one corner, he gets two car lengths, which then. Then he doesn't have to defend because he's only been, you know, caught by mm. half a tenth lap. 
And I don't know if he's doing that every lap, but I felt like he wasn't. And I feel like that was like, ah, okay, if he needs it, that's the line he could use because he might risk getting a puncher or filling yeah. the radiator with grass. But he's got this extra line through Goodwood. And I thought, but now it's on live TV. So next year, everyone will do it. Mm-hmm. That's a, oh, no, sorry, later this year when they go back to Thruxton. If someone's yeah, been yeah. watching carefully, there we go. Everyone's going through that two, two wheels over the curb at Goodwood. Someone listens to the podcast as well. <laughs> but we'll know who listens. But who the chances are slim. <laughs> you know, it's probably know. trickier for the rear-wheel drive cars as well to risk yeah. going over there because it's going to unsettle the back. I, I thought Hill was not doing it, even though he was following mm. him. And I think, and even in race two, he wasn't, because you're right. I think they would have a little wobble and potentially get some oversteer. Mm. Yeah. But I only saw it this one time in this race, because that was the only time we were close. We showed when Hill was quite close to cut towards the end of the race. Mm-hmm. But that one might explain a pole position time with only 1.5 seconds of hybrid around a really quick circuit. Hmm. The other thing was the hybrid was meant to be much less effective here, which at first didn't make sense to me, but I suppose because you're flat out so much, it doesn't actually give you much more. It's more about the acceleration right. than okay. the top end. Huh. Yeah, I, see I, I could see that, actually. Good point. Yeah, but it's only because on the commentary they mentioned that the, the hybrid isn't very effective. Mm. Yeah, it would only really be out of the complex or the final chicane. You could mm-hmm. benefit yeah, like, from it. Like Ash Sutton. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Sutton. So it was Cook, Hill and Sutton on the podium. Tuckington just missed out. Showed to Jason Plato, six. Decent result for him. And also Ash Hand, who managed to get in the mm. top ten. Which is great, great for a rookie. Yeah, he had a good weekend. Him and Crease uh, were very strong all weekend. Crease, mm. eh? You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, and um, I liked how Ash Hand in his like one of the weekend interviews he said, "Oh, Brand Thatcher just sort of let a few people by because I didn't want to defend like a Billy." I thought that's a good expression. Yeah, and uh, he he was trying to attack Butcher later on, who was defending like a Billy, perhaps. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll cover that. Oh, and um, Shedden had a puncher. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to ask what had happened to him because he ended up twenty oh. fourth. He sort of faded, didn't he? But um, it was off camera. He had a he had a puncher. Allegedly. Hmm. Uh, where did George Gamble finish? Over to you. Fourteenth. <laughs> there you uh, go. Bit of an average one, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have the best of weekends. No. No. Race two, we have the hybrid based on finish results. Race one. I didn't know it's a hybrid ballast system, whatever you want to call it this weekend so that probably goes mm. to what you're saying Nick, is that it doesn't really affect them No, doesn't seem to anyway No So, similar to race 1 Hill gets a better start than Cook, much better this time and takes the lead Sutton gets alongside Cook but Josh manages to stay ahead through the complex and there's a bit of rubbing behind between Jill and Lloyd and then we see George Gamble, getting Gamble watch out there early, see him spinning off to the grass <laughs> Cheers Moffat yeah. Was it just a tag going into the complex, you think? Yeah, I felt. There was no replay, but if you sort of rewound and rewatched it, you can mm. see that Moffat, uh, there's contact there. But I don't know if um, there was uh, a rub either way, if you could give him more space and stuff. But either way, Gamble's off. Moffat's made contact. I would have liked to have seen a replay. No reprimands for that. Uh, but let's no. just jump ahead a little bit. Gamble did get a reprimand for an incident 
involving Moffat in the next race. So was there some <laughs> retaliation? I don't know. Quite possibly. <laughs> Plato has a bad start, which is a electronics issue. He said in his interview after race two. So mm-hmm. watch for that for race three. But then Cook manages to retake the lead and at the penultimate corner and the move of the weekend round outside of Hill. Mm. Again, Hill, I thought, was pretty compliant here. He could have been a bit cheeky and just ran himself a bit wide, but Cook around outside, going into chicane. What a move. Yeah, it was awesome. I think there's a, an element of the BMWs taking a couple of laps to warm their tyres up. Um, so he can't break quite as late, but even so, he he went all the way around the outside and then pulled in just before I know. braking had finished. I so don't know how that it, happened. I don't know how he got that far ahead in just on the brakes. Yeah, it was, it was to have the confidence to know that mm. the car will stick is very impressive. Yeah. Champions pass, as Tim Harvey called it. Mm. <laughs> it's the move of the weekend for me. I didn't see anything that was better. Yeah, no, I'd go with that. Yeah, I'd go with that, because until... <laughs> I thought Rob Bottoms was until it didn't work, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So therefore it doesn't count. Attempt to the weekend was done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite make it. Sam Osborne then gets a drive through. I assume for some minute start. Jump start, I guess. Yeah, not sure. Is, isn't it? Yeah. Butcher then sticks up inside the final part of the complex for a. Was it a Swedish shuffle? Yeah, he tries it. Now? Yeah, yeah, he tries mm-hmm. it. An, an IKEA incident, shall we say. Because he doesn't pull it off here. Because there's contact with Stephen Jaley. And this comes to your point. That you made earlier about Stephen Jolly just I'm, turning in on people. If you watch yeah. this in slow motion, Butch is there already, and Jelly turns mm-hmm. right. Now, if Butcher isn't there and Jelly turns right at that point, he's turning in like two car lengths before the corner starts. So he's going. To, yeah. He's cutting the corner across the grass. So mm. you can't say, "Oh, yeah, that's my normal turning point," because it's far too early because you're cutting across the inside. So the only thing you can deduces he's realised too late cut across anyway it damages both our cars I think it doesn't it put um, Jelly out inevitably he, he slows down sorry ultimately uh, through yeah. that lap and then Butcher has a weird race where he slowly goes back but in the race 3 commentary they theorised that actually that contact had sort of knocked his alignment out therefore he wasn't able mm. to drive as quickly as he should be able to so arguably they wrecked two cars races um, it's not a punt from behind but I would like instance like this looked at at least uh, a, a slap on the wrist or a warning because there's there's no way that is a turning point for the corner, in my opinion. No, that was very naughty. That was my thought when I saw it the first time and then when I rewatched the race, that was, it was naughty. It was a, oh crap, I've made a mess of this. Yeah. yeah. Bang. So, yeah, not a good one for Jelly. Agree, Nick? Really? Oh yeah, dissenting uh, opinions. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. Mm. It's uh, all on him on that one. Yeah, it it, it didn't help him because you say he got the damage, but just directly afterwards, oh Dan Lloyd to get through and Jason Plato. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they so, they would have got the run regardless of of damage there. No, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not only is the move by Jelly, in my opinion. Uh, you know, balked two cars races, but he slowed them both down. So even if there was no damage, let's say you've lost uh, three positions there instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense from any any point of view. I don't think. No. 
Aidan Moffat then gets pulled into the pits for a flappy bonnet. I'm assuming that was from his contact with Gamble. Highly yeah. technical term, that. Mm. Flappy bonnet, and then they broke out the <laughs> duct tape. Yeah, the Good old duct flag, tape. As they call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, duct tape is the answer to any mechanical problem. Yeah. In this championship. <laughs> yeah. Plato then has a wee fight with his former teammate, Dan Lloyd, and manages to stick it up inside of the prompt corner to take seven, so another decent showing for Jason. Ingram's fighting his way through the field from 21st and manages to make it up to eighth. Um, I thought he put a really nice move on Bobby Thompson. Yeah. And then he managed to take his teammate Dan Lloyd in the last lap. Must have been galling for Lloyd because Ingram's come from so far back. Mm. And it's not like Mm. you can say, oh, but I had 75 kilos of ballast no, yeah, that doesn't. So I mean, there was a point where on lap eleven, Ingram was ninth from the back. Sorry, on lap nine, Ingram was eleventh from the back. <laughs> Whereas comparatively, the people who started near him on the grid, Shedden was only up to fifteenth, Camish only eighteenth by comparison. Mm-hmm. So mm. it goes back to show what we're saying about Dan Camish struggling at the minute for whatever reason to work his way through the field. Whereas Ingram has come from similar on the grid all the way up into the top ten. Yeah, it was a really good drive. In Lloyd's defence, spent you know, the full race defending from yeah. Plato. But still, Ingram had a hell of a lot of cars to get through. But hell oh, yeah. great, great performance. Um, I think I might have picked Ingram for the title. And he needs to avoid stuff like race one, but he needs races like race two a lot more. Yeah. He's definitely rapid. Oh, yeah, and he, he always comes through the field when he's near the back as well, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's on. I think um, as much as I would like Josh Cook to fight for it, I think Ingram will be the hardest challenger. Yeah. So, end of race two, and the the order's pretty much the same as race one. Cook, Hill, Sutton. Uh, Plato was six this time. Ashan was still tenth. And Gordon Shen managed to work his way up to 11th, which wasn't too bad. Mm. So, ninth and... win at Thruxton for Cook. Before mm-hmm. Gamble Watch, sorry. That's, where do you reckon? Ah, I can't remember. Was it seventeenth? Uh, Close, but it's twentieth. Oh, <laughs> not ideal. But, yeah. Well, considering he was uh, off on the first lap, he he did well to even get that. To be honest. Oh, true. That was this race, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, fair play. Kept it off the barrier at least. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, um, but... Hill had no hybrid during that race. Uh, that oh, really? Particular one, apparently. Yeah. Ah. This seems to be a problem. That's will affect the BMWs because there's been mm. a few races where Adam Morgan hasn't had it either yeah and there's been a couple where Hill hasn't had it Turkington I think has been fine but it seems to be those two BMWs have, have, have had consistent problems throughout the full season didn't Morgan have it for only one race at Donington out of three yeah 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 no idea what the specific problem is though right if it's just like a, you know it could be many diff- many of the different elements that fail yeah to cause that and uh, again, was nothing to like read up or find out more after the fact, which is a bit frustrating. Yeah, but yeah, just to, to reiterate, so ninth win at Thruxton for Cook. So he won three t- times there last year, and with two rounds at the venue this year, I don't know if he'll be able to pull off another couple of victories. But like I say, let's keep an eye out for that special line. And yeah. it reminds me of uh, uh, Rob Huff in Macau in World Touring Cars, how he won there <laughs> ten times. He's won yeah. there ten times. It's like a record, and Cook's now got nine at Thruxton. So, um, well, very different circuits. But it's something that I was thinking: does having Thruxton on the circuit, um, the calendar twice give 
Josh Cook a better shot at a championship challenge. Well, it didn't quite last year. No. In terms of the overall championship, we started a really good year, but I think this year it, it definitely could do. Maybe that's why it's not in the next year's calendar. Yes. <laughs> Which we can uh, come to shortly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, race three, and we've got Jason Plato on pole. Oh, we need to do ball watch. Yeah, ball gate. A oh, ball gate. <laughs> Sorry, ball gate. That sounds a little bit better than ball watch. <laughs> was, was, was ball gate? Have I missed something? Ball gate, ball gate is where Nick noticed that at the first round there were too many balls in the bowl. All right. Ball, balls in the bowl. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think there was the right amount this time. Would you concur? Yep, seemed to be. <laughs> oh dear. What has my life come to? We're counting <laughs> balls in a bucket. <laughs> hey, it's, it's Alan Gow's fault. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep an eye out on that ball watch for this season or ball gate or <laughs> ball, you want ball to call gate. <laughs> ball gate. So Plato's on pole chasing his ninety eighth win. Yep. I think. Keep he's still free away from that uh, that elusive 100 win mm. um, but it gets a disastrous start, he had a bad start in race 2 due to an electronics issue but not sure if this was a repeat but it looked awfully similar mm. so it. Adam, it. Yeah, Adam Morgan then takes the lead with Turkington behind um, they go three abreast going into the complex and Robot ends up in third Sutton fourth and Plato fifth before the race start though did you either of you catch the um Plato's on pole, cue the montage. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a bit of him winning when he won all three races in 2009 at the final roundup brand, round brands, which is very nice, but I think you would play that after he's won, maybe. Yes. You'd, it was a premature moment, I felt. Yeah. yeah look, he had a really good weekend until this race, and um, mm. hopefully he can think about the positives and not get bogged down on what happened in this race, because he can definitely get at least another win this year. Yeah, there's well, we've seen the cars quick enough. It's mm. just can he can he can he make it to the end yeah. of a race for you? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be the the question. Yeah, they were talking before the race that no manufacturer, constructor, or team has won all three races in the weekend for I think nine years. So yes, allegedly Jason it was a BMW, was, but I didn't check it up. No, Jason was talking that up before the race. He was bigging himself up big time that this was going to be his one. <clears throat> which which drivers have won all three races in a weekend? There's Plato, Dan Eves. Anyone else? I think that's it. Anyway. Not I wanted irrelevant. to say Gareth Howe, but I think I'm thinking of Dan Eves. <laughs> yeah, Dan Eves in the in Orange Integra. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of Gareth Howe coming in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, they were they were teammates for a while. Mm. For, uh, I think Howell did a part season. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Robottom then puts pressure on Turkington and the complex. I think he tries to go around outside the second part. But that just allows Sutton to go through and he takes the final podium position. Jelly then spins with some contact with, I think it was Tom Chilton through the complex. Yeah. Which is not Jelly's fault. Just want to clarify that. No. And yeah, it no, will be investigated uh, before the next race. Because Has. everybody went home after the third race, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to investigate <laughs> anything else. No, everything seems to be being investigated at Alton Park. Yeah. There you go. See you later, guys. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no one works late in the BTCC. Evidently. Which I don't blame them. 
I don't yeah. blame them. Well, Try yeah. get out of the car parts at the end of a race meet is the worst thing <laughs> in the world. Do you think the stewards have actually left before race three starts? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all done for the next round. Um, was there a safety car at this point? Which I think there was. There was a safety car, but I can't remember what it was for. It was, it was this, yeah. It was for Jelly. But, but Jelly kept going. Yeah, but yes. didn't Rob, uh, Ricky Collard uh, smash yeah. him when he was rotating and he hmm. pulled up somewhere? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ricky Collard went, went off across the grass. Yeah. We saw the end of that. You're right. Yeah. Unlucky for Ricky there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's we've we've bigged him up before the season starts, but he's not had much talk of it to be really sure what he can do. To uh, be competitive with a front wheel drive car is a lot takes a lot of experience and a unique adaptation to driving style. So, got to give him the full year, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. De- uh, the safety car, by the way, a little bit awkward once again. I I felt not terrible, but Shedden and Lloyd were full speed. When the people in front of him across the start finish line had already slowed down for it, mm. and if you watch it back, it's still sketchy. I don't know what. I don't know. I can't speculate as to the cause of that. Though it could just be those two, because they were side by side or whatever, just not paying attention. But yeah, because yeah. they get lights in the car now. Mm. But as I think Team Harvey said, you've got to actually look at the lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to ask that. Did they get any notification in the car, or just race until they see a board? At the Marshall Post. It's kind of both. Because <laughs> the, the rules state you race until you see a board at a Marshall's Post, but you do get a light in the car, so hmm. do you slow down the, as soon as you see the light, or do you wait till you see a Marshall Post? I don't know. Yeah, there's too much speculation from us on that without knowing the full details, but we're not provided mm-hmm. the full details, therefore we speculate. How about that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the safety car, there's then big contact between Hill and Ingram in the penultimate corner as Jake tries to go up the inside and doesn't make it. Hill, uh, I think, picks up rear bumper damage, which then he has to get, go in the pits for because he gets mm-hmm. the meatball. Ingram continues, but he has to skip the chicane. I was really annoyed. as much damage. I was really annoyed by that. Were either of you two? It looked like a lunge, but I didn't see, I didn't see the start of the move. Oh, I wasn't annoyed by that. All yeah, right. well, we didn't get the replay of the start of the move, and it did look like a lunge, and Hill yeah. sent it, for want of a better expression, right? And was sideways. Mm. But Ingram got a massive advantage from cutting the chicane. Yeah, I didn't. I understand why he cut it, because mm. no other option, new contact, etc. But he was with Hill, and after that move, he's with Cook, who was three, four car lengths ahead of them before the yeah. chicane. So now all of a sudden he's battling the car in front, and Hill hasn't even got a chance of... Uh, re-overtaking. Now, it doesn't matter because of the meatball flag and everything like that, so Ingram mm. got free. But wasn't it last year? Didn't Adam Morgan win race three here last year? And he cut the final chicane at one point after locking up. Got a big advantage. Yeah. Kept it. Similar scenario here where actually it's slightly different because it's not Ingram's fault he cut the chicane, but he definitely capitalised on it. And yeah. therefore it says to me there's definitely there's a grey area that he knew about and exploited. So as a racing driver... You probably should exploit everything you, uh, to the best of your abilities, right? That's what you're there for. But you can't, you can't have, you can't. He gained so much on the car in front. Then it's traditional at Thruxton for that to happen, though, isn't it? It's... Doesn't make it acceptable. Oh no, it doesn't. But it happens every year. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just the problem is no one ever does anything about it, do they? They should. No, I think it's, it started in 2007. Remember when Plato was fighting for the title <laughs> with Giovanni? 
And he had those burns because he was burnt uh, quite badly with a when he was testing a, something for fifth gear. And anyway, in that race, Matt Neal was playing around and Plato uh, cut that final chicane and they just let it happen. Mm. He like he lost the pack a bit, so he just cut it and he caught back up again. Oh, because it's the final day and fighting for the championship, it's fine. Uh, every every since then, it's been acceptable to cut the final chicane at Thruxton. It annoys me, but we should move on. Move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was your cue. <laughs> yep. We'll move on. Uh, Dan Camus is then spun out of the complex by Aaron Taylor Smith and retires. I thought he'd got the move done round the outside, and normally in that case, the car that would now be on the outside the second part would give you space. Mm. But. Mm. Yeah. Taylor Smith doesn't move, he just takes his normal line, which then spins Kamish out. So he's got penalties for that, I think. Uh, he got a reprimand and penalty points. There we go. Yep, the right result. He had earned a space for the second part of the chicane, and Adam didn't give him a fair, 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 fair for me. Then, then, oh, Jason. It <laughs> all goes really wrong for Jason at this point. Yeah. He's behind Sutton, runs super wide out of church and, yeah, plows the field. Completely blocks up his radiator. He's into the pits. And the chance of a win, points, podium, all gone. Daft mistake. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to do there, but... Yeah. It, it Did you see anyone else do it all weekend, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't a small off, was it, either? He went very wide. No, massive. I, I would say well held, and he mm. kept it pinned. Uh, he didn't lift off through that grass. He was so he's clearly fired up and extremely motivated. Uh, but it was, uh, it was frustrating. It was actually quite sad to see it that happen, really, in that way. But rewinding a little bit, I think we should mention when he's trying to get past Sutton on the outside of the final chicane, and Sutton forces oh, yes. him really, really wide. Then loses it a bit, then parks it on the apex completely on the ex- on the exit. Oh, I said the word completely for no reason there, like a rally <laughs> driver in an interview. And Plato then bud- nudges the back of him. And and after the race, JP said there was there was no need for that, forcing me that wide. But Jason, I and clearly Ash Sutton still remember Snetterton two thousand and nineteen, <laughs> and that is why you were yeah. forced wide. <laughs> and that's why it's a hypocrite to say that there was no need for that. Uh, yes. Not saying retaliation, because Sutton technically didn't do anything wrong. I am just saying a forceful move uh, with some history. Yeah, well, if you see Plato go around the outside of you, you're often going to think, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let me have exactly this, the point. so I'm not yeah. going to let you. Yeah. And, re- and really, that, that was like, not being able to get past Sutton was why he wasn't able to challenge for the win and probably got frustrated through that. You never know, but. Mm. Mm. And and that all goes back to the start, doesn't it? Yeah, it was just a m- best, big miss opportunity for Jason over the full, full race free. I was going to say full weekend, but he did well in the first two, so full race free. Dexter Patterson then has suspension failure after smacking one of the curbs. Apparently, Moffat had a similar issue earlier in the weekend. Stephen Jelly's still going, and he tries to take all Jackson to chicane, and then there's. Big contact and they both miss the chicane. This is causes Jade Edwards then to run in the back of Ricky Cord, I think, and wipes mm. out her front right corner, which means that she retires again. Unlucky. I yeah. 
And I do think well, Jelly was, was I don't know, he could have done that line a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I Apologies, don't want to. I know, Apologies. Stephen, I'm sorry. We're piling in, <laughs> but some situational awareness. Easy for me to it, say, sat here at a desk. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't the. It was, it was a bad, bad moment to round it, a bad weekend. It was just, um, yeah, it was awkward as hmm. hell, that, that whole scenario. And you and you, you just knew it when you were cut to them. Oh, <laughs> when, oh was it a replay? It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's going to be a disaster. Hmm. Then Gordon Shedden gets a puncture after, I think he was in, got to Elvin, um, and then he pops the car, dropping out the points. And I think that's it. There's a bit of rain towards the end, but there's not really any fights at that point. Mm. So, big win for Adam Morgan. Well driven. He held off Turkington and Sutton yeah. quite well. Just like last year, when he won the third race at Thruxton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And Josh Cook was fifth again, which makes me think that this isn't a straight replacement for the ballast. Correct. You, you you wouldn't normally get a one one five in a weekend. Um, and even Ash Sutton, they got what a free free free. Yeah. So not right. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool not a straight swap, but when you see at the end how it, it just tallies up the scores. I was thinking this. You know, there's a lot of criticism, or there was a lot of criticism, about oh, you know, it's pushed to pass hybrid. That's even more fake racing. But the way it's implemented in yeah. replacement of the ballast, and it's quite subtle, this is arguably the purest form of BTCC racing since they first introduced success ballast, which was mm-hmm. uh, late 90s? Or was it 2000? Well, we should have looked that up beforehand. The yeah. point is, for 20-odd years, the way this is working out, it's definitely not gimmicky, and it has less of an impact so far than ballast. Which is ironic because the whole thing was supposed to be oh, you could push, push to pass, but then it's push mm. to defend. You can actually you shouldn't call it push push to pass because you can defend. But anyway, I digress. Semantics. Um, and it's electrified, and you plug the car in, and actually it's uh, providing some more, let's say, ordinary races. But I mean, I'm enjoying it still mm. because the rest of the formula still stands up. Well, yeah, but I mean, with the exception of Ash Sutton in the last few years, no one's ever winning a race with full ballast. Yes, that's true. Um, whereas now you you got a chance to fight still, so I, I do quite yep. like that. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Yeah, it puts it more back on the skill of the driver mm-hmm. than. Oh no, I've got soft tires on and seventy eight kilos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just fi- I'll just finish fourteenth then. Well, yeah, especially with the with the tire compounds, it was too far. We said it before. And mm. We've got our wishes this year again. Uh, but yeah. the the only slight uh, te- temper that slightly with there's less chance of someone running further down the field, who's still a good driver in a solid car, who wants to get airtime for their sponsors, there's less chance mm. of those drivers getting a podium. Mm. Yeah. Which is right. the more purest viewpoint. But, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm Part of me thinks that they might up pure speculation and guessing time. They might up the effectiveness of the hybrid a little bit at some point. I think they could well do, but I think it's going to be at least this season, maybe another yeah, one yeah. or two. I don't... Sort of getting the technology right and then maybe improving it. Yeah, true. And I don't really want them to, but um, for this show, mm. you know, there might be the old uh, complaint from some of those down further down the grid saying they've got less chance to fight now. But anyway, I like it. 
so far. So far, so good. Yep. Ingram recovered to six. Ashand got in our ninth place. Another good result from him. And Nick? Uh, 14th for George. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. But uh, Ashand was my, uh, so we say, man of the weekend in terms of mm. uh, three top ten finishes. I thought he did very well. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And you, you did right to call him preseason. <laughs> what was that? He Nick did right to call him as a good driver preseason. Oh, call him. I thought you said Colin. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Colin. <laughs> yeah. It's like you did right to call in preseason. Like, did <laughs> Don't remember this. Oh, I did. Dear. I did uh, mumble that. Sorry. That's that's the problem with accents on this podcast. We we apologise. <laughs> it's not my mind's that's issue. So, Josh Cook now leads the championship on 139 points. Ash Sutton second on 116. Turkett is third. Then you've got Ingram, Hill, Morgan, Sheridan, Lloyd, Butcher, and Robottom. Dan Camish, disaster. So yeah, I'm officially counting him out, despite your preseason talk about him. Yeah, he's I think nearly a hundred points off already. It's it's over. Yeah, it's completely over. Mm. Sad, yeah, sad but true. Mm. And we don't have time for it today. But next one, I'd like if Aidan Moffat continues the way he is, I want to have a wee chat about him. Okay, right, yeah. we'll do it another time. He's he's only got three points this season. Oh, and a car wow. that was winning last year, yeah. and he's won races before. Wow, wow, wow. So, well, worried about that team. Does that. Yeah, we'll talk another time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about worried about that team? But, any more from you guys in the certain cars? Just that the 2023 calendar's out. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Donington Park GP shall be returning for the first time since 2002. Yeah, I, I was asking you about that on, on our first episode this year. Yeah. But it was the last time it was on, and the muscle, the muscle listen, I'm telling you, someone listens. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see that, actually, because it's better than two identical rounds at Froxton. Yeah, that's, I'm not convinced of the track variation being better than the one we have, but I'd still rather see two variations of a track than the same track twice. 100%. Mm. I'm not convinced either, in terms of... Uh, the race will it add anything to it? But mm. I'd rather, yeah, just even if it doesn't, it's better to have the um, second layout than uh, the same one twice. Yeah, I'd like to see not kill reverse if we can get that on uh, the twenty twenty four calendar. Yeah, they say it's not. Um, is it, it's not safe enough for coming back down the hill towards the hairpin? I could be fine. There's like yeah. six meters of run off. That's you know. <laughs> I don't know. Thirty BTC cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fine when well, TCR UK went there because they had like six cars. Yeah. Now they don't. I don't know if they're doing it this year. But uh, just save that one for I racing then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alton Park uh, next weekend. Yes, the eleventh and twelfth of June. We're back at Alton Park for the next rounds. Yeah, good track. Mm. I'm trying to think who's going to go well. That's that's the only insight we've got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good track. Don't know. I feel the BMWs are going to go well there, but they they go well everywhere. So, yes. Well, they've got the hairpin for their traction to come out of the uh, mm. out of there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. What, oh no, tomorrow. I was going to go back into Adam Moffat there. Uh, <laughs> we'll do a whole podcast so, on this. <laughs> yeah, we'll do an Adam Moffat special. So the hybrid then will this be a circuit where it affects it a lot? 
Let's find out soon. <laughs> yes, so Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's apparently that Saturday's a little interesting bit, um, which didn't actually prove to be the case mm-hmm. this year. But it was Charles Leclerc who took pole, um, helped by Sergio Perez binning it before the tunnel, which is a weird place to bin it. Um, which car- he spun there, but Carlos Sainz then ran in front of him, which is a bit dodgy. But I thought it was a bit dodgy. But you saw it late. But mm. it was still there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think really blame him too much, but it did mean that Checo out qualified for Stabman. Lando Norris had a good one, and fifth Russell was six. Hamilton behind Alonso, then Vettel and Ocon round at the top ten. Or our thoughts about Alfa Romeo being challenging for a podium um, was disastrously wrong. Twitter was wrong. Yep. <laughs> Twitter was very wrong. Bottas was 12th and Joe was 20th, 2.7 seconds behind his teammate. Woof. There's some, <laughs> yeah, there's some big gaps between teammates in this one. Ricardo was 1.1 seconds behind. Gasly was nearly nine tenths behind. Stroll was nine and a half tenths behind. Latifi was eight tenths behind. It's the Ricardo one that's the the most yeah. important one. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you, forg- it- you can forgive youth and inexperience at Monaco, but correct. He has neither of those. No, he he always goes well at Monaco, as they always say as well. So to be that far off, not good. The beginning of the end. It seems mm-hmm. quite possible. Well. That's what the what a lot of media outlets are circulating around, and if I was writing those articles, I would do the same. But I, I, I am a firm believer that we shouldn't write him off just yet. All it takes is him to, to finish on the podium in the next race. And Oh, the rejuvenation of Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do yeah. think it's not good, and I think Norris is showing him a clean pair of heels, but having said that, let's, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, you can forgive being three of seconds off as his first one, but the TV maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, this was the weekend I've completely given up on the TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm with this you. was the moment. <laughs> the one percent hope I had of it from him is, is gone. Even though he finished in front of Albon, yeah, it's gone. It's completely gone for me. Stroll as well. That's both that's Canadians appalling. struggled here. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think, I can't just don't. Canada joke there since I'm just back, but I can't think of <laughs> nah, nothing. That's nothing why people listen to this podcast. Yep. Exactly. They're wet and fast minds. <laughs> anyway, on to the race, which didn't start when it was supposed to because the FIA are completely incompetent. <laughs> um, so it's, there's a bit of drizzle on the track. And then it becomes torrential rain, but it doesn't become torrential rain for about 50 minutes after the race was supposed to start. Mm. So the FIA in their wisdom decided to delay the start by an hour. Um, well, And then start buying the safety car. The delay and the safety car start was for a reason, though. Because they had no power to the start, can't they? Yes. That's not why it was originally... <laughs> not originally to the start, didn't go ahead. That was because they knew the heavy rain was coming. Which still didn't make sense to me. No. no. Then they had the power failure for the lights. Yeah. So the after the red flags, they couldn't do the stand and start, mm-hmm. even if they wanted to. Which is pretty appalling. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, because they could have had a stand and start, and then there's no harm in red flagging the race if it rains. 
uh, later on. Plus, you can see that if heavy rain's coming, but you still don't know quite how heavy it's going to impact on no. the circuit, right? You can never 100% predict rain, even with clever radars, and how that affects the track surface and everything. So, all, all a bit weird. In the end, mm. there was an uninterrupted race, though, right? In terms of from from weather, yeah, yeah. from weather, yeah, yeah. But it's like we've, they've not really learned from Spa. It's like you don't delay the start of a race because if you do, you might never get it started. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If you got a chance to start it and then you red flag it ten laps in, then you do that. You don't just sit about and wait. But apparently there was heated discussions in the FIA race control. Yeah, I think but, maybe they're trying to avoid like Malaysia, was it 2009 and stuff where it was half points was it because it was rained off halfway through but that's in- yeah. interesting I'm afraid I know it's dangerous mm. but it's interesting Yeah Uh-oh. Yeah, th- this, this could have been really exciting at the start to see who gambled in the tyres and whatever but anyway we got a, we got a safety car rolling start eventually the race clock started five minutes before any cars went out, which I didn't really understand either. <laughs> and then both Canadians crashed on the formation map, <laughs> which was a great start. Oh, Canada. Tifi... <laughs> <laughs> so, Stroll crashed at the top of the hill, in centre sector one. Very and... lucky to get away with that, I thought. Do you not yeah. Think? Yeah. And then Latifi put it in the barrier at the hairpin, and I was like, the car didn't turn. Like, yeah, I know. Mm. Do you know what? It was a bad mistake, but the, the reasoning afterwards just makes you think he's completely lost at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So those were those were pretty appalling. A couple of cars did pit for Inters, though. Stroll was one of them, uh, as was Gasly. It was a brave move, which kind of worked for a bit. Yeah. I think it provided I, Dale a race entertainment. Net was it a net gain? Not sure, but it. You've got to try these things if you're not, mm. uh, you know, almost at any other track would it have worked a lot better. I think it would have done, but then probably more teams would have spotted it and then pitted. So it's yeah. really yeah. hard to judge, isn't it? Uh, it did provide entertainment, but as usual with Monaco, half the action was off camera because <laughs> yeah. the Monaco TV director is beeped, I think. Mm. And just, <laughs> doesn't, just doesn't, I'll say drunk there because I need to edit out that word. Otherwise we get flagged again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're still fired on Google for that one time one of us swore. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So, yeah, we missed stuff that was happening on track, some of the moves, unfortunately. Uh, Stroll made a dive into Shinoda into Pronto corner, which him and his engineer were really pleased about, um, but we didn't see. Don't know if you guys saw that on one of the onboards. Ah, do you no. know what? I've failed on the whole best of the onboards this time round, which is daft. So, is it in that? Because I didn't see it during the race, certainly. I think it was in that, yeah. It, it, it's a complete dive, and he's lucky that Shinoda sees him, but him and his engineer were really, really happy about he's it. Fighting for sheep stations there. Oh. <laughs> uh, Gasly then gets inside of Joe, uh, going into Mirabeau, which is nice, and then he took Ricardo, going into the swimming pool, um, with the advantage on intermediates, which I thought Ricardo was going to go round at that point because he looked like he had zero grip. Mm. Then the first, first of the front runners then pits for Perez. He goes on enters and he's absolutely flying. Leclerc pits on lap 18. Verstappen follows him, uh, which allows Perez to go past them both at that point. Mm. Sainz decides that he doesn't want enters. He wants to go straight in the hard tyre, so he goes an extra three laps, which I've seen debate about whether this was the right thing to do or not. Some people say it was a genius idea, trying to hang out for slicks. 
other people have had a look at the lap times and say that actually probably cost themselves a win. It's hard to tell. It was really hard to tell. It was uh, intriguing to watch. From it, it, like Perez is going so much quicker on the inters, though, right? I don't understand why people, other people didn't. Was that your view? Was that your yeah. reading it as well? I think so. I mean, I think Perez just got the jump, didn't he? And he'd already made up so much time that it almost seemed pointless trying to cover it because then you are going to lose position. I know there was definitely a time when they could have just at least split the strategy between two of the Ferraris yeah, and put one on the Inters. And I think the other reason was Perez came out behind Norris. So if Norris didn't pit, that whole strategy wouldn't have worked. So therefore it was a huge gamble. Hmm. But then Norris did pit before Perez reached him. So hmm. then Perez had clear track. And at that point, I would have been like, right, bam, get one of the Ferraris in. But uh, anyway, that didn't happen. <laughs> no. So Sainz goes straight to the hards on lap 21. Leclerc then kind of gets called in uh, <laughs> to stack behind him. Yeah. He gets called in, and then as he pulls in, it's no stay out. It's like, come on. Yeah. More Ferrari incompetence, really. Which um, costs him a bunch of time. Both Ferraris are then cost a whole heap of time by both Williams' cars. Um, Sainz comes out behind Latifi for about half a lap. Yeah. Latifi doesn't get out of his way. But then, the worst of the worst, Albon gets in front of Leclerc. And just ignores blue flags for an entire lap. Oh. And after the race, Albon says I was pulling away. And he's like, no, you weren't. Leclerc <laughs> was basically pushing him around and he was ignoring every single blue flag. Which really annoyed me because if we're going to have this big thing about blocking and qualifying and blue flags, mm-hmm. you've got to punish it. Because the thing is that three marshal posts or three light boards are allowed to go past. Yeah. Before you have to relent. He's went around to about 20. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Latifi's done half a lap as well, and neither of them received anything for that. Mm, not ideal. No, I, I fully agree with that as well. It's something that needs to be punished more. Yeah. Or, or yeah. just get rid of the blue flares completely. It's one of the two. But that causes its own problems. Yeah. So. yeah. You either have them or you don't. Yeah. But I thought that was, especially for Albon, that was really bad. That was that was blatant balking from a, a lap car. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't fighting for anything at that mm. point. But Sainz did manage to catch up in Perez, uh, but then almost binned it on the start straight. That was sketchy. Yeah. That was quite an epic save, that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, clean underpants after that. <laughs> well, but then, uh, one of the drivers actually referenced that on the routine radio, didn't they, later on? <laughs> uh, oh, clean underpants. <laughs> Was that Joe? Yeah, he actually said on the radio, yeah. oh, I need some new pants after that. I thought, yes, <laughs> brilliant. Oh, Joe's was well sketchy. It was coming out of the, the tunnel, wasn't it? Down yeah. He was trying to overtake. That was wild. I think, yeah. I think it was Gasly. That was bad. You see, you see well, the... It was good. Yeah. <laughs> First replay, you just see him sort of go straight line. You think, oh, right. Second one where it's like head on. Yeah. At one point, it's almost 90 degrees to, <laughs> to where he's supposed to be going. And mm. amazing, but a bit lucky, let's say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very lucky. Um, there's then two collisions between Hamilton and Ocon. Of course, being F1 at Monaco, we only see one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but the first <laughs> the first one, Hamilton gets up the inside of turn one. He's about halfway alongside. And Ocon, I think, just turns in on him. 
I thought it was a bit more debatable because I felt like Hamilton was committed, but then almost backed out of it a bit, which led to the contact. But I don't, I don't, do do either of you know Ocon got a penalty, correct? Yes. And which which move was it for? Because the one that wasn't on the TV that is on YouTube that I've just watched now was was far worse in my opinion. Yeah, the speculation is that is for the second one, but even the internet was confused. Oh, okay, right. Well, so I'm, I'm not 100% myself. Must not be clear. But, the, but the second one, for me, Hamilton gets an overlap down the street, and Ocon just pushes him in the wall, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. It is so bad. Oh, we're going to come across as right Hamilton fanboys. But <laughs> I think the, the one that was on TV, I think, was a bit more of a 50-50, personally. Yeah, for me, that one, Ocon shouldn't have turned in. But at the same time, his argument was that these mirrors are useless around here. But <laughs> it's kind of like, well, you've got them. <laughs> Not really a good argument, man. No, no, but, not yeah, the best. He was alongside, and you know, you can't really go side by side there. But you should at least try and leave some room. Then we got a huge crash for Mick Schumacher, which rips yet another yeah. pass car in half. It um, looked so nasty at the start with when you just cut to that, but thankfully it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it looked from the aftermath. Yeah, the real. I was a bit real just crumbled, didn't it? Mm. I was a bit confused because it cut to a crash and then you saw Kevin Magnussen standing with his hands on his head like, Christ, he was a yeah, quick. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't clear at that point he'd retired, right? Yeah, yeah. he was off the timing he... tree, as they call it, but um, yeah, no one had mentioned it at that point. Yeah. Hmm. Was it just He just pulled into the pits, I think, with a mechanical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I might have just pulled off yeah. of the track somewhere, but yeah. Yeah. But that was a, that was a big one for Schumacher and Gunnar Steiner was raging after the race because... Mm. The repair bills on his side of the garage have been astronomical for Haas. I did think it was a weird one, though. Didn't you think it was a bit odd? I, I it broke away. I thought that as well. It, I mean, Schumacher himself has said he got slightly on the the wet part of the track, which is what caused it. But it didn't look like that from the replays. It just looked like it no. sort of suddenly went for no real reason. Yes, I'm with you there. I was not convinced that the wet track was entirely the fault. Mm. That, sorry, entirely the reason there. Mm-hmm. But if the cars smashed to smithereens, maybe they'll never know. No, that's true. No, but no. It, it, yeah, no. it was very weird. Yeah, another new chassis for um, Haas. Mm. Second complete rip off for the back end of the year. Which apparently these cars are designed to do this year. Yeah. Mm. But still, it's a hell of an image to see an F1 car in half again. Mm. Yeah, not ideal, is it? No. So, red flag, we get in our rolling restart because of the light issue and the grid isn't fully dry. Which, I'm, I don't know what I think about that. Second point is not having a good restart, but the lights don't work. So, Perez leads him away. He has a big lock up into Mirabeau as a bird flies across the front of him. <laughs> is that why it was? Well, did you did you see that on the, the no. TV? No. As he's coming down the hill, and like the second he puts the brakes on, a bird flies across the front. Now, I've never seen him say anything about it, but yeah. it was clear as day on the TV. Ah. So I don't, know, I don't know if he just walked up and happened to a bird flying in front of him, <laughs> or the bird caused back. it. Either way, it was a big walk-up, um, but the front four stay as they are. Checo with uh, signs behind, and then it was Verstappen in third, Leclerc in fourth. Alonso then decides to go 15 seconds a lap slower than everyone else to what save was, his tyres. What was that? What was that? <laughs> Saving his tyres, which then completely split the pack up. 
between the front six and then the rest of everyone. Which, if you, if you know what to do, you know what to do. It got Alonso six, I believe. Yeah. Seventh. It was to do with him having Seventh. the medium tyres. Um, they they yeah. didn't think that the tyres would last for the whole race, so... But then he goes purple. Yeah, but the point was is he was told to <laughs> preserve them as much as possible, and then when they were confident that the tyres would last, they unleashed him. Um, mm. Which okay. I don't see a problem with, personally. No, um, I don't. You drive don't. to your own pace, and if the car behind you wants to be quicker, then he has to find a way past you. Of all the places you can do that, it's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've seen the bird, and it is massive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a big bird. Um, so yeah, so it split the pack. Norris was behind Russell. Lando wasn't happy with McLaren at all. They were telling him not to push. And then I think he eventually instigated a pit stop for medium tyres and he caught right up to Russell on the line, the finish line, which was a timed finish. So we lost like mm. 12 laps. Um, but he was unhappy afterwards because his team wasn't proactive enough and it was him that was driving it. Yeah. Yeah, he kept coming on the radio, didn't he, saying, like, what are we doing? And, uh, yeah, sort of trying to push them to make some kind of strategy decisions. Got mm. got the fastest lap, but... Yeah. Would he have been in fifth without the pit stop? I don't know. You can understand from a car, and they're going to get six. Mm. Mm. They're not... They're probably not why risk at all, just for a, an extra one place. Yeah. But, well done, Checo. Yeah. Who was completely hammered after the race, <laughs> going from the videos online. Oh, really? Which, it's not uh, surprising. Yeah, fair play to him. Got a new two-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did either of you see the Josh Verstappen blog post? Yeah, he was raging. On Max Verstappen's website. I thought that was very weird. I remember reading about it, and I can't remember what it was, but he, he was very unhappy with something, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, he was... A- yeah, the team's not slanted enough towards Max. Uh, they could have, <laughs> they could have done the strategy better so that Max could win Monaco Grand Prix. Oh god! And yeah. they've lost, they've lost ten points basically because of that. But it's too early in the season to be doing that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just yeah. pleased that um, Perez ha- always had another car between him and Verstappen. Correct. Yeah, you know it would they, be different otherwise. They couldn't do anything about it, and he was just simply better than Max all weekend. And it doesn't happen often enough, but... Oh, yeah, but he ruined his qualifying. <laughs> yeah. It does mean that Checo's now only 15 points behind mm-hmm. Max. So, he just... If he keeps his nose clean over the summer... Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to get too excited, but you're right. Just picks... As I said last week, I don't think he's got a chance of fighting for a title against Max. But if he just keeps his nose clean and keeps chipping away... Yeah. And it could quite easily still be there by the end. Um, I think we can count Sainz out now. He's well behind. He's 42 points behind Max. Too many yeah. mistakes. He's behind Russell in the points, actually. Which shows you how bad a start it's been. Yeah. And then down the bottom, we've still got the same three who haven't scored yet. Mm-hmm. Just want to just quote Jos directly. <laughs> I think 10 points from Max has been thrown away here. Uh, in reference to uh, not prioritising him for the strategy at the Monaco Grand Prix mm. yeah. uh, the championship leader Max was not helped in that sense by the chosen strategy it turned completely to Checo's favour, this was disappointing yeah, I mean they put Checo onto the, the earlier stops first yeah. it was a lead car and you could argue that was a riskier strategy 
So they could argue that they gambled with Checo, even though he was the lead car on the track. It just so happened that the gamble worked. Mm. I don't really pay much attention to what Jos Verstappen says or Dr. Helmet. Yeah, he yeah, did, you do right. He you said something right. random as well after that, and I can't remember what it was. I just remember reading it thinking, oh, shut up, you stupid old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 there's certain people that I don't like to listen mm. to in the paddock. Those are, those are certainly two of them. Any more on the Monaco Grand Prix? Uh, just will we see it next year? That's the big debate. Uh, that, that only mm. time will tell on that one. It's one of those one. If I'm speaking purely, Alton Parks this weekend, isn't it? Yes, you did say this weekend. What? That's a, I, I said two weeks. Has there been a glitch? I'm wrong. What's going on? There's been a glitch in the right? matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's this weekend because yeah. Azerbaijan is this weekend also. It is. Yeah. So if I put my F1 purist hat on, I want Monaco to stay. If I put my F1 sitting on my Sunday afternoon watching it, I'll, I'll, I couldn't be bored. Yeah. To be honest, if if it goes, it goes. If I put my proper hat on, it should stay. But they should get a new TV director. That should be part of the yes. deal. Well, yeah, doesn't Monaco do its own thing? And it does. Which yeah. is why they always seem to follow Leclerc, which is understandable. But <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it's the same in um, rallying. The Monte Carlo rally does its own thing, mm. uh, seemingly with interpretations of rules and stuff, because they've got the status. So. Yeah, maybe they've got the mindset of no, no, no. They'll be they'll be back, but the WRC, like you think of the Monaco Grand Prix as a historic Formula One race, and you think of in rallying sense in WRC as a historic season opener, the Monte Carlo Rally, a lot of history. But there have been times when the WRC has gone, nah, sack that, and not had it. Yeah. So there's it could definitely happen in Formula One, but I I hope it returns again at least. Yeah, I think these owners won't be shy in saying. No. Yeah. We'll just we'll go somewhere yeah. else. I can imagine that the Monaco organization has a lot of demands. And yeah. Maybe doesn't pay enough of... money. Mm-hmm. Well, I, f- I think they get paid, do they not? Oh, is it the I way think around? They've they've mm-hmm. they've got a yeah. lot of perks that no other track has, which includes their own TV and things like yeah. that. Which Liberty Media says they want to get out of for the next contract, which is understandable. I, I mean, and if they they're. they're they're trying to get rid of the FIA, yeah, <laughs> whatever it media. So they're not going to be shy in trying to get rid of one <laughs> race. Uh, personally, I would like it to remain. Yeah, I'm still torn. Like Colin said, it's uh, yeah, I wouldn't miss it too much, but at the same time, it you know, it's something that's always been there. Maybe every other year. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a rotation with Spain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put it in the boring Grand Prix <laughs> slot. Yeah, then we'll have to get one at a time every year. So, any more for you guys? I just want to say congrats to Marcus Ericsson for winning the Indy 500. Oh, yes. Formula One driver who did nothing much. Oh, uh, well, I no. suppose he was a teammate to Charles Leclerc, which is always a challenge though, isn't it? And he, he took Grosjean off, didn't he? In, in Baku. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, winning the Indy 500, and he's had a very competitive season in, in a mm. very tight and closely matched grid. So reaffirms that his seat in Formula 1 was perhaps uh, justified but just didn't quite make the most of the opportunity and so happy to see him win the Indy 500 I just thought that was a really surprised result yeah yeah balls is still as well because he had to deal with a red flag restart with it yeah. two laps to go yeah. when he was Ooh. miles ahead and he managed to hold off yeah oh, was it Pat Award 
might have been a Battle version Board. quest up there as well at one point towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a war that actually got the inside him when the last lap. And he just turned down. in, didn't he? Though, yeah, Ericsson. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, so. Yeah, well done, him. I think he actually leads the championship now. He I does. Indy's double points. Ah, uh, well, he did until uh, there was another race in Detroit, as we're recording oh, yesterday. That. So I haven't checked the championship standings since. He didn't win that one. That was uh, Will Power, but still brilliant. And uh, and then the other weird thing that's that's related to Formula One. The thing just quickly related to British touring cars is the British touring cars use Goodyear tires. Goodyear tires are also used in the WTCR. And the one round of the year that's at least worth watching in that championship, the World Touring Cars, is the Nürburgring Nordschleifer. And they cancelled the race after qualifying because of tyre concerns, which I thought was a bit <laughs> of a disaster, let's be fair. That was um, yeah. just not 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 good. Very embarrassing for everybody. Involved. I heard the event was cancelled. I didn't realise it was after qualifying. I thought it was before they yes. got there. No, they'd done the qualifying. <laughs> they had everybody all lined up. And the next day, everything was cancelled. So um, that's... Terrible, terrible, terrible. From from the tire manufacturer to the organizer, you know, mm. nobody's come out of that in a good in a good way. So. Anyway, that was it. We should probably wrap up and play some Gran Turismo for yeah. those <laughs> listening. Uh, yeah, that's what we're about to do. Yes. So thank you both for your time. Thank you everyone for downloading, and we'll see you next week because I'm good at dates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> turns out Alton Park and Azerbaijan are this weekend, so. Uh, I expect a Ferrari win. That's my prediction as we go. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I'm going to say Alonso. <laughs> science yes. for me. It's going to be Spanish. Oh, I hope it's science. But yeah. <laughs> it's got to have something good right. this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Yep, see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.